0: strategy. Strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth,
1: the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Glad you could join us this week. My name is Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian?
2: Doing great. Thanks, Jeff.
1: Glad to hear it. As always, hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Another great show lined up for us today. Always glad to talk about finances, fiscal fitness, and your financial situation with our listeners every week in this program. Learned so much over the past six, seven years that we've been doing this, and certainly our listeners have told us that. If you have comments or questions about the show, things you'd like us to talk about that we haven't talked about yet, you can email us. That would be info at madronafinancial.com, or give us a call at 844-MADRONA, 844-MADR. O&A. Brian, I want to start the day by uh, talking about current events, the stock market. We were listening to some old shows and they were talking about how the market was down so much. But these days, things are looking relatively rosy, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, the market's up and I did want to backtrack to something you were saying there. Yeah, I do encourage you to send us any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. A lot of people are surprised to hear, Jeff, that all the years we've been doing this show, we don't have a script. No, don't. we don't. <laughs> I don't come in with notes. I rarely come in with topics. I sit down and I go, what are we going to talk about today, Jeff? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> People are surprised by that. They're like, well, wait a second. You you have all this stuff you're saying. You don't have notes in front of you. Telling, not really. I, I rarely have any. Maybe I might have something to glance at or something here and there with a couple of bullet points. That's my version of notes for a one hour radio show. But, uh, you know, our, and our show is attempting to be very different, very organic. And not only educate and that is the primary reason for for, is for the show is education and all kinds of different topics. Now, you know, the other business shows I listen to because, you know, you do if you're in the industry like we are. And, you know, I know you listen to other shows, Jeff. And and, okay, how, how we compare what's what's the difference there? And the difference to me is it seems like every other show I've heard is trying to lead somebody to buy a product. It's product centered and and it's like if you're selling annuities, you need to convince people that the market is crashing and is going to crash or that you're taking too much risk. Because if all you sell is annuities, they are really good with risk. They're really good with cash flow sometimes too but they're not so good potentially on growth side of things and, and so forth. So you've got to convince people that every other investment is not good, but annuities are good. And so, you know, that that's pretty bad radio, I, I would have to say. But our our goal, our mission is to educate, tell lots of real-life example stories, because I have lots of those, good and bad and indifferent, and, and to point out the pros and cons of all different investments, choices that you have, because there is no perfect investment there's no there aren't a lot of terrible investments everything has its place or not in your portfolio it has its pros and cons, detriments or, or advantages and so forth. So that's that's really what this is about. Sorry to segue there, but I just kind of want to frame that up and let, you know, give people a little insider on our show and how it's a very organic and, and unpracticed, unrehearsed and unscripted conversation.
1: Yeah, there is no script here. I mean, we talk about what's on people's minds and uh, certainly we want people to let us know what is on their minds so we can address their concerns, but we do our best every week. And as you said, a lot of these shows that I Listen to, they're talking about the market is down, the market fluctuates. And certainly in the past, that has happened, but these days, not so much anymore. Give us sort of an overview of where the market is today.
2: Yeah, you were mentioning, I've got you listening to my six or seven years of two minute bits, and we're cataloging them and we're trying to create a library out of them and and seeing what we can do with that. And you mentioned one of them wasn't so timely anymore because I was talking about, you know, the Dow just crossed 20,000. What does that mean? And I'm thinking, well, the Dow's now, you know, in the close to mid 30 thousands. And so it wasn't that long ago when the Dow was 20. And that sounds like a 50, 60, 70% increase since whatever show that was uh, within the last seven years that we recorded that. Now, can you make the case that the Dow is volatile during that time? Absolutely. And it always will be. Dow, S&P, pick your index. Stock markets are going to be volatile do they drop significantly from time to time? Absolutely. There were several very significant drops. We had days last year, it's hard to even fathom this now, but we had days last year where a couple days a week, the Dow might drop 1,500, 2,000 points in a day. And people were freaking out, coronavirus and all of that. And we've had lots of instances of drops. There are literally uh, hundreds of drops during that time period yet. The Dow was 20,000 and now it's in the near the mid 30,000. So markets tend to go up over time is the bottom line. They do not do in a straight line. The shorter your time frame of your you know age as to when you're going to use some money, the more conservative you might consider being. Uh, the longer, the more aggressive you might be because certainly, and I'm going to talk about that later in the show about the time value of money, uh, what it means and and put it into perspective. But I found it really interesting that you (laughs) you were trying to catalog something that said, well, the Dow just crossed 20,000.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that was about five years ago that we were talking about that. And you made a very good point there, too, that people sometimes worry, well, you know, the Dow is uh, off by, you know, X number of points. I mean, when you figure what percentage 2,000 is of 30,000, that's one thing versus 10,000. So you got to really look at this in a relative situation. What is your feeling about where the market is headed this summer and where it's headed in the fall? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because we've had 2,000-point
2: moves in the Dow. When I started public accounting, it uh, must have been about 120 years ago, I guess, I based on this next comment, the Dow wasn't even at 2,000. And now we're seeing, we've seen 2,000 point moves in a day. And I remember article after article when the Dow had hit 2,000 says this should never happen. It's, this is irrational exuberance. Get out, get out, get out. The Dow can't sustain 2,000. Well, I think those people were wrong. Hopefully they found another profession to write about. Uh, maybe, maybe the Kardashians or something. They shouldn't be writing about the market because, you know, I, I penned that article for Kiplinger saying when the Dow will hit 50,000 and why. And I took the Dow from when I started public accounting and I extrapolated it at six and a half percent increase compounded per year, which is its long-term average. It never does that, but its average is that and extrapolated it out to where the Dow would be 50,000 a year 2030 if companies made six and a half percent to the bottom line compounding increases every year. So that to me seemed pretty logical and we're pretty much on track for that. We're a little ahead of that right now, but that's just extrapolating data. It won't happen exactly that way. It won't be 50,000 year 2030. It'll be plus or minus that. But I don't think it'll be 10,000, you know, so it's markets go up over time. And that's why it's really hard to, to answer your question there, Jeff, as to what I think the market's going to do the rest of the year or anything like that. I don't know. And I'd probably get slapped by the SEC if I thought, you know, if I said I did. And so I don't know. And nobody does. And if they say they do, they're wrong. They don't know they're guessing. And 50% of the time, they'll be right on their prediction. And so you know, all we can do is say, what percentage of the market should we be in? What percentage should we have safe and for cash flow? What percentage in our business, our real estate, paying down debt, uh, put away for college for kids and grandkids and FIULs or index annuities or whatever it is? Working that out is more important than trying to figure out where the Dow is going to be on a particular date in the future.
1: People tend to ask that as a very common question among the financial advisors that I know, Brian, is, you know, one of the first questions that people will ask is, where's the economy going? Where is this headed? What does this mean for my investments? And as you said, we don't have a crystal ball. We really don't know exactly. I think consumer sentiment out there is pretty good at this point because I see restaurants filling up again. I mean, uh, baseball stadiums are going to be at full capacity in another week. So I think the general consensus among our listeners is that things are doing pretty well. But again, We don't know exactly. The best that we can do is design a plan that will keep you comfortable no matter what the market does. Let's talk about inflation a little bit. I mean, two, two and a half percent has been what it has been for the past five, seven years or so, but it is uh, ticked up slowly. The cost of goods and services are getting more expensive.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about this and I made the rather bold statement that the data out there is incorrect, that inflation is running much higher than what's being reported, because I think they're looking at old numbers. Sure enough, this very morning I was reading, oh, they've corrected the inflation estimates up. I'm like, no kidding, because they were saying four and a half percent. I'm looking around going, no, 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 no. I'm spending a lot more than four and a half percent more on everything in my world. Uh, and whether it's travel or used cars or, you know, or anything, is lumber, you know, of course, that's the obvious one, but, uh, every, there, there aren't a lot of deals out there. There's so much demand for limited supply right now. That is, that is absolutely an inflationary environment, uh, especially with su- supply chain disruptions and the pinup demand. Uh, we're going to see inflation. We're going to see a lot more than what they're reporting. In, including services. People are going to raise their prices because you know what? You want skilled labor? So does everybody else. And so I've got more business than I can do. I'm I'm raising my prices. Well, you're going to see that over and over because I'm, we're going to be hearing a lot of older people. I know older people love to complain about how, th- how much things cost <laughs> when they get together and wait till, wait till the next year
1: happens. Yeah, this is going to be some really terrible conversations around, uh, around the place. Yeah, well, I remember when Coke was a Nick I mean, you got it out of the machine. I hear that sometimes.
2: 19-cent hamburgers. I'm tired of hearing that story of <laughs> my grandpa's place.
1: Yeah, well, you know, hey, tap a look at the calendar here. You know, it's not 1957 anymore either, so things do go up. But, you know, raises, uh, salaries, everything goes up. We're paying more at the pump right now. I mean, those gasoline prices between Three fifty and $4 at the time of the recording of this particular program. Of course, we have housing is up. Healthcare is up too. Food is up. Pretty much everything is up at this point. So we've got to figure that inflation is going to take a little bit bigger bite out of our paycheck. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. If you would like a complimentary financial plan, you're looking to hire a financial advisor, maybe a new financial advisor. You have at least $500,000 or more to invest we invite you to call 844-MADRONA and request your complimentary financial plan. That's 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Hope you're having a great weekend. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after
0: this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house,
2: you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com.
1: If taxes are keeping you from selling your highly appreciated income property, Madrona Financial Services has an exciting offer for commercial real estate owners. We have a team that's solely dedicated to helping real estate investors defer the taxes on the sale of their highly appreciated income property with a Delaware Statutory Trust. A DST qualifies as a 1031 like-kind exchange, so you can potentially defer your gains and reinvest them in income-producing commercial properties. And best of all, you can invest in a DST without any of the hassles or responsibilities of being a landlord or property manager. When you work with Madrona Financial Services, you'll be working with a team of CPAs and investment advisors with extensive DST experience. Now you have the freedom to sell your highly appreciated income property, still enjoy the benefits of investing in real estate, and potentially defer the taxes on your income property with a 1031 exchange. Learn more at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madrona1031.com.
0: Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive, of financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host Brian Evans. Now here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans,
2: CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment we're going to be talking about components of the S&P.
1: And Brian, it's always fun to take a look at historical data. I think that we can sometimes learn from where we have been. But of course, historical data is no real predictor of where we're going in the future. So I have in front of me here something that you printed out for me, which I found pretty interesting. And it talks about the S&P 500 and the changes in the S&P 500. Can you comment a little bit more on what we're looking at here?
2: Yeah. The point I want to make in in this segment is that the market, as we call it, the S&P 500, the Dow the NASDAQ, it changes. It changes every year. And let's say that you back uh, many years ago decided, well, I'm not going to buy a mutual fund or an ETF of that stuff. I don't want to have any internal fees. I'm going to buy the individual components. And I heard you're supposed to invest, set it and forget it and just invest for the long term. Okay. That sounds great, right? Well, you wouldn't have done very well. You see, the S&P 500, the Dow, the Nasdaq keeps changing their components. They're market cap weighted indexes, meaning that the biggest companies have a dramatically higher holding than the smaller ones. So let's say that uh, Microsoft is in an index. It might be three, four percent of that index, whereas another company, like I'll just throw some Ross Dress for Less, whatever, mm-hmm. if it was in there, might have one one-thousandth of the weight that Microsoft has in that same index so just because the S&P has 500 companies for instance doesn't mean it's weighted evenly the the 500 companies the the top 10 might be 20 percent of the entire value the top 50 100 might be most you know 80 percent of the value and the next 400 companies don't really matter they, they might be 20 25 percent of the the whole value of the S&P 500 Now, not only is that the case, the the market cap weighting, but the components. So I wanted to talk about the components over, over my career as a CPA.
1: And when you talk about your career as a CPA, Brian, and we're going to be talking about these components, how long a career has that been? I
2: started public accounting in 1984 in Bellevue. And I graduated uh, summa cum laude from Washington State University in 84 and started with a public accounting firm of about 20
1: people in downtown Bellevue that year. And in 1984, certainly things were a lot different. I mean, what number CPA certificate did you have? 10,866. And at the time, Newt was one of the first people that you met. I always loved the Newt story. I would love to have known Newt, but Newt had what CPA number?
2: Newt was old. I was 22, and I went up to this job. I think he was 93, as I recall. And he would show up with his suit and tie at the gravel company there and uh, looked at his certificate on the wall, framed it. was like, CPA number eight. I'll never forget that. I was like, man, what? I asked the, the owner of my firm, I said, why, why do you keep working when you're 93? He says, well, when you're 93, there's nothing else you can do. I'm oh, I see. So I gave him something to do. So he came to work every day. I don't know what he did. He he didn't know a whole lot. I, I remember that job because it was very disorganized office and I was there to help yeah. clean it up. And I found two checks in the drawer and they were about six months old. Each one was six figures. They were life insurance checks to the founder of the firm that somebody just said, eh, we'll just stick this in the drawer. <laughs> it's about $500,000. That was a long time. That was in 84. I was like, man, you just have 500 grand? You don't even cash? I mean, yeah. I found him. I thought I'd get a reward or something. I, I didn't even get lunch paid for back then, but oh well. But yeah, good old Newt uh, CPA number, number eight.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, in radio years ago, there was a fellow at the radio station There in Los Angeles who had uh, started with Gene Autry because Gene uh, was buying radio stations and gave this fellow a lifetime job. And you're right. He didn't know exactly what he did. His name was Stan. And Stan would come in every day. But his morning was really spent just reading the newspaper and the sports pages to find out what the California Angels were going to do. Yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah, I imagine so. Because, so,
1: yeah, Gene yeah, owned the Angels and Stan had a part of that, too. So, yeah. But there is a lot that you, you can learn from older people like that. And I'm sure that Newt probably taught you a couple things among them is that I do not want to be doing this when I'm 93. Yeah, years I'm going to get
2: eight. some hobbies and not be uh, <laughs> doing accounting when I'm 93 is what I learned from
1: Newt. Well, we're, we look at the S&P 500 and we look at the NASDAQ, you know, we look at the Dow, we look at all of these historical figures and we see where they were versus where they are today. And it is interesting to take a look at these things. How much of a barometer are these things really these days? What I mean by that is how much should you really pay attention to this stuff? Does it really make a difference if you have a comprehensive financial plan?
2: Yeah. So I want to go back to 1984 and what were the 10 biggest U.S. companies? And the first thing I want to mention is none of them are on the list today. Mm -hmm. Not a single one. Now, the biggest U.S. company in 1984, by far, twice as big as the second biggest one, was IBM. Okay. So, yeah, IBM, I think, made a, a deal they they didn't uh, like later with Bill Gates and, yeah. and Microsoft. And, and certainly, uh, but they were a $75 billion company way back then. And as I look at the top 10, they were the only one connected to uh, computers out of the top 10 was IBM. Second on the list, Exxon. Okay, So oil. Third on the list, General Electric. Uh, General Electric has had a big fall since then. Um, They're not there. Um, Not even close. Uh, Fourth on the list, General Motors. Okay. Well, uh, gasoline-powered automobiles. Uh, Made in the U.S. was the fourth biggest company on the the stock market. And fifth was AT&T. So we did have telecommunications on there. That certainly has changed uh, with the Internet and everything, uh, how we communicate and and charge for things. AT&T was fifth.
1: And then the next three have to do with oil as well, too. We have uh, Shell Oil, Standard Oil of Indiana, of all things, and then Royal Dutch Petrol, and then DuPont, followed by Eastman, Eastman Kodak. Eastman Kodak. What? I, that would caught me by surprise there. Uh-huh, Polaroid, uh Polaroid Film
2: was 10th biggest company in the United States when I started public accounting. So what's interesting is gasoline was four of the top 10 companies in the U.S. when I started public accounting.
1: Yeah. And these days, gasoline, certainly, you know, gasoline prices are going up. Most cars are driven on gasoline. Certainly diesel has been in there over the years, but there is a strong push towards electric cars. We've mentioned before in this program that some states are mandating that all new cars by the year, I think 2030, 2032, somewhere around in there, have to be all electric cars. So does this signal the end of the oil companies, do you think?
2: Well, it's just that, uh, I guess what I'm saying here is, let's say we'd invested a whole bunch of money and bought those 10 companies. Uh, you know, you'd say, well, the Dow was between 1 and 2,000. I'd be at uh, 35,000, so I'd be up uh, 25 times, right? Well, no, <laughs> these companies did not go up as much as the indexes because the indexes were adapting Mm-hmm. Every year to who the new companies were throughout that time period. Whereas if you had a set it and forget it mentality, you'd still own Eastman Kodak. I don't even know if they're a company anymore. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know, that I, they don't know. Are. I don't know. I don't know. I have to look that one up. I, I don't think they are. Many of these companies aren't even worth more than they were back thirty-five years ago. And so you can't just set it, and well, you can, you can set it and forget it, but you're taking some risks there that that isn't prevalent in an index because the index is going to change. So now I'd like to start talking about what those indexes look like
1: today. Brian, you'd mentioned Eastman Kodak. And while you were talking about that, I looked it up and oddly enough, Eastman Kodak is still a company, still in business.
2: Yeah, they are a company still in business. I, I just looked it up too. They're worth about 7% of what, about one 15th of what they were 35 years ago. So that's a perfect example. And forget it, sometimes it does not work. You might wanna make sure that your investments are being monitored to some degree, even if that's in an index or something like that, that they're changing with the times. And so yeah, that's that's a very important, important point
1: there. <laughs> the description of their company says that they specialize in analog photography. And I was thinking, you know, vinyl records are making a comeback. Do you think that analog <laughs> photography is ever going to come back? I don't think it was better than what we have today. No, I don't think so.
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> so, things are changing.
1: Yeah, so I was going to say why would anybody ever want to invest in Eastman Kodak unless a company like Eastman Kodak decides to pivot and then get into something that could be more successful. Has that ever happened?
2: Happens a lot. You know, look at Netflix. They used to send you DVDs in the mail. Right. They pivoted. A lot of companies have pivoted. Amazon used to sell books. They pivoted a hundred times over. Even, you know, big companies like Microsoft, they were, I remember when they were at their high and then they, they had an antitrust a ruling and what was it, 2000, and that started the tech decline. And then, uh, for about 10 years, everybody that had Microsoft was going, why am I holding this company? The markets are recovering. This one's not. It's in the doldrums. They don't come up with anything new, blah, blah, blah. Well, then they got into gaming, the cloud computing and all that stuff. And they reinvented themselves essentially, uh, from, uh, from Windows and so forth and ex, you know, all their different programs. So they reinvented themselves. Now they're worth many, many times what they were after about a 10 years in the doldrums. So. Companies consistently uh, reinvent themselves, and you asked earlier, "What do I think about the future of the market?" Well, I I'm bullish on. It. I, I think it's positive, simply because do I think companies like Microsoft or Apple or Tesla or all the the main companies out there are going to innovate over time and adjust to and come up with st- stuff we don't even know exists today? Absolutely, I do. Uh, they're very innovative. Uh, companies know they have to be innovative. Technology allows them to be more innovative. <laughs> So that's why I am somewhat bullish. Not every company is going to innovate, but for the most part, I've seen a lot of that.
1: So just because a company is down doesn't necessarily mean that it is out. I mean, that's the case that could happen here with Eastman Kodak. But I wonder where Polaroid is
2: today. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, that might be the exception to the rule not as far as innovative well, yeah. companies. Uh, I would not put uh, Eastman Kodak top of that list.
1: No, I think that uh, I'm going to look for a Polaroid camera in an antique store. Here. I put him
2: on the list of Blockbuster Video. There you go more.
1: What about the makers of that 8-track we got back there in the they back of the studio? There. I don't even know who made that one. <laughs>
2: who knows?
1: Yeah, that's a cool 8-track. If you look online, Jimmy J.J. Walker talks about that 8-track in a commercial. Yeah. So that's some of the fun stuff we got here in the Madrona Man Cave. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and our Evans CPAs. Once again, if you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least $500,000 or more to invest and you want a comprehensive financial plan. No cost, no obligation for that. To get yours, 844-MADRONA is the number to call, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also get yours online by requesting it at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. When you're researching something, weeding through all the available information can be daunting, especially when it concerns your retirement. What you want is a thorough analysis from an expert. Good news. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has done that for you in his recently published ebook series, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. You can get your free copy by calling 844-Madrona today or visit MadronaFinancial.com to download your free copy. The Inside Retirement Investing ebook series covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. Call now to secure your free copy. 844-Madrona. Madrona Financial Services provides a one-stop integrated approach to retirement planning. Schedule a complimentary no-obligation financial review to get on the path to achieving your retirement goals and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks by calling 844-MADRONA or by visiting madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe you should never worry about running out of money in retirement. Retirement should be spent doing what you love with the people you love. The CPAs and financial advisors at Padrona Financial Services want you to know that with proper financial planning, that's exactly what you can have. Their goal is to do everything they can to help you achieve a financially secure future. They have many tools and ways to help you reach your retirement goals, from guaranteed lifetime income streams and protection against market losses to alternative real estate investments and strategies to minimize your taxes. With the Madrona Bundle of Services, they have everything you'll need to plan for retirement under one roof. So schedule your complimentary meeting today and get back to enjoying your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. They'll arrange a meeting at one of their three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future at madronafinancial.com.
0: You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian
2: Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In the last segment, we talked about where the markets have been, and now we're going to talk about where they are.
1: And Brian, this is interesting. In the last segment, we talked about companies like IBM and Exxon and GE and General Motors, the sectors that these markets took up. But things are considerably different today. So let's talk about what the top companies in the country are today or actually in the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, when I started public accounting, like, like we just said, there was General Motors and four oil and gas companies in the top 10. And that's just not the case. There's no oil and gas companies in the top 10 today. There was one technology company 35 years ago or so, IBM, and now there's many. And so the first on the list today is Apple. Apple didn't exist when I started public accounting, or maybe they did. Maybe they were in a garage or something. But <laughs> at that time, I'm not really sure. I suppose they were. And well, speaking of garages, uh, Microsoft uh, was the second, uh, is the second on the list. Yeah. Each of them are over 5% of the stock market. So, just those first two holdings out of the SP 500 are more than 10% of the holdings. So I talked about the market cap weighted index. Those are massive companies. And third on the list, which is also in that I'll call it the massive group, is uh, Amazon. Uh, clearly, Amazon wasn't around back then, and even they were just, again, selling books for a while. And then fourth, I'm going to combine the the two classes of stock of Alphabet, which is Google. So Google in my mind, is an advertising company. Uh, they, they certainly use it as a search engine, but uh, they get paid. How they monetize that is through advertising. And next on the list is another advertising company, Facebook. Mm-hmm. I say advertising company because their product is not stuff you post. That is how they get you on the site. They they get paid. They monetize it through advertising. So we have technology, Apple, Microsoft. Not sure how to classify Amazon exactly. Then we have advertising with Google, Facebook. Next on the list is, again, there's no oil and gas companies. There's no General Motors. It's Tesla. Yeah. So, hmm, maybe things are changing. As you mentioned, there's mandates in many different states that we're going to require electric vehicles uh, across the board in in many states for all new vehicles uh, being produced. So that is here to stay. We're not going to see a resurgence of General Motors and oil and gas companies in the top 10, I don't think, of, of any index. Next on the list is just a holding company, someone that is actively investing buying low selling high doing all the things you know invest when there's you know blood in the streets is when you want to invest uh, Warren Buffett Berkshire Hathaway Berkshire Hathaway was just a stock like everything else but uh, they had the the oracle of Omaha behind the behind the engine there and now share a class A share meaning it has never been split a class A share Berkshire Hathaway is a mere $431,000 a share uh recently. <laughs> so, wow. That would have been a pretty good place to invest way back when. The guy knows his stuff, so that is a that's essentially a mutual fund right now. It's it's a uh mutual fund uh, that was run by Warren Buffett, of course. I don't know how much hands-on he is anymore, but certainly that was a great place to invest. Uh next on the list, JP Morgan Chase. That company's been around for a very long time. One of the few uh, most of these companies on this list weren't even around. Now, now when I think about it, uh, they weren't even around uh, 35 years ago when I started public accounting and J.P. JPMorgan Chase. And next on the list after that is Johnson & Johnson.
1: So Johnson & Johnson household products. And when I look at this list, Brian, I mean, we've got computers, we've got online shopping, we have social media, we have electric cars, a space program to a certain extent, we've got some banking and so forth. So these are interesting sectors, and as you said, they have changed a lot since you began back in uh, 1984. Where do you see things moving? I mean, do you see any of these particular companies or many of these sectors dropping out, and where do you see maybe the biggest growth? I know you can't give us an accurate prediction, but just what kind of is your gut feeling?
2: Yeah, that is an interesting question because you, you think about some of these, and they were a little hard to predict because it was all about innovation, there's not a lot of people out there that thought cars, once they dropped out of the top ten, would re-enter the top ten. And then along comes Tesla because of innovation. Nobody thought a bookseller would, yeah. would be in the top ten, and they came back because innovation. And we got Amazon right near the top. Uh, no, we thought advertising, you know, you think back to Bewitched and, you know, they had their advertising agency in New
1: York there. And Darren worked for it. Darren, yeah. yeah. And, sure. Uh,
2: you know, and who would have thought that advertising companies would be two of the components of the top five companies in the world? In, in market cap, there are advertising. Well, how could advertising be that and not oil and gas or Exxon, you know, those kinds of companies? But here they are. So really, it's not, it doesn't even, to me anymore, it doesn't even matter what your industry is. Uh, I recently heard that the richest guy, I think, in the world or something was some guy, maybe it was Estee Lauder or something. Mm. He sold makeup. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the richest YouTubers sell makeup. And they're guys. I, I I don't watch them, but uh, I don't. I don't spend a lot of money on makeup, Jeff. <laughs> That's why we're in radio. That's right. We don't yeah. waste any money on makeup. <laughs> yeah.
1: I never thought of that too. But we are sans makeup here. We're just all natural today. Yeah, to on yeah. growing your wealth. Well, you're really talking about what we used to call the Fang stocks. Maybe they talk about them today. Fang, F A A N G, meaning Facebook and Amazon and Apple and Netflix and Google. But, you know, one thing that is constant is change, I think, and you really got to have your eye on the future. But I, again, I think just really having a good, solid financial plan that takes into account, you know, the market today and where it may be going tomorrow might be the key here.
2: Yeah, and I wanted to share some stories on that because I think it's really important. When I talk to people, and they are often embarrassed about, you know, I don't know much about the market. Well, why should you? So go ahead and tell me what's going on, and, and they'll say, I, you know, I have a 401 k plan. I say, okay, do you know what it's in? And they just don't. I and and I had this, I remember this one guy he came to me and we you know we've had this great market for ten years and uh, plus, and he says, you know i've been invested in the market this whole time i had you know let's call it a million dollars and it's still a million dollars and i can't figure out what's going on i i hear the markets are up i'm like yeah they're up and i feel like i should have two to three million and i only have to still have a million i'm in the market and so i said what well, can i see your statement there he says sure i i picked these these funds out and most of his money was in a global high yield fund and he says, "Yeah, see, I'm in a, you know, profitable high global stock market fund." I said, "No. There's no stocks in that fund." He was like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, you thought you were in the market for the last 10, 12 years. Global high yield means junk bonds." Wow. I'm in junk bonds? <laughs> I thought that description said I'm in the market. I'm in the global stock market. No. No, that's their their code word for junk bonds. You're in, you're in foreign companies, bonds of companies that are barely making it. Yeah, <laughs> That's what you're in. He didn't know that. I had another person came in and she said, you know, I've been working for the city for 35 years and everybody around me has a million plus in their retirement accounts and I have 170,000. I can't figure out why. And she said, I, I invested way back when and, and I haven't changed it and I keep putting in every month, but I only have 175,000 and I don't have enough to retire on. I say, well, can I look at your statement? I looked at it. And I said, you're in the money market. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm afraid of the market. I said, well, you know, think about it. She, she invested, started investing when the Dow was between one and two thousand, and uh, put it in cash because she was afraid. And now the hundred seventy-five thousand could have been millions, one to two million, like everybody else. But fear made it so that she couldn't retire. Like. Ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't retire $175,000. And so fear was cause of that. So taking a look at your investments is critical. And many, many, many people out there, if I quizzed you and said, uh, can you tell me what percentage of your 401k is in the market versus bonds? I might get a blank stare. Or when was the last time you took a look at your investments in your 401k and maybe made some adjustments? I'd be getting another blank stare. And that's okay. I get that. Today is a great day to pull up your 401k plan, take a look at it, and if you don't know what it's in or understand it, have somebody look at it
1: that does and can help you out with that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem that people have is that they pick these names because the names sound good. They're descriptive, but many times are not accurately descriptive like the fellow who was in junk bonds there. So you really have to look under the hood. And if you don't understand what's under your hood, you have to get you know in touch with a financial mechanic or somebody who does understand all of that stuff. You know, when it comes to 401ks, one of the things that I think about is fees. A lot of people underestimate that there are fees. And I think many people don't even know that there are fees involved with 401ks.
2: Yeah, 401ks can have very high fees. And I think one of the issues, of 401, the biggest issue with 401ks is you're told what group of investments you can invest in. And they're always just basically some mutual funds of stocks or mutual funds of bonds or cash. And so you don't have very many things you can invest in. You can't put it into cash flow for life, income annuities, private non-traded real estate investment trusts, individual stocks. There's many things you cannot do in your 401k plan. So often people are asking me, well, what are my options? I just want to reiterate that. We talked about this on the show. If you have a 401k plan and you have left employment, you're working somewhere else, you can move that money into your own IRA and then have access to all the different investment categories that are out there. If you're age 59 and a half or older, it is likely you can roll that money out of your 401k plan into your IRA and do all those other investment classes I just told you about. Many of my new clients are working, they've turned 59 and a half, they have a big 401k plan, they move that into an IRA, and we diversify them into all these other areas that they don't have access to right now. They continue to contribute to their 401k plan at work, they continue to get their matching funds, nothing changes there. They just change their investment options by moving it from their 401k plan tax-free into an IRA that we would manage for them.
1: If you have questions about your 401k plan, looking under the hood there, maybe about fees as well, too, you don't understand it, highly encourage you to get in touch with the advisors here at Madrona Financial Services and request your complimentary financial plan. If you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least $500,000 or more to invest. It's complimentary as in no cost and no obligation. To get your plan, call 844-MADRONA, that's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll be right back with more of our show after this.
0: Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And now, here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by
1: Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans.
2: I've heard some people question the value of a college degree, and I'm going to talk in very general terms today, because sometimes a college degree isn't very valuable if it's in the wrong area, something you don't like to do, aren't very good at, that kind of thing. But based on the recent census data, the average high school graduate makes about $40,000 a year. If you add on a bachelor's degree to that, your average would be an increase of $34,000 over that. And if you add to that an advanced degree, there's another $34,000 on average that someone would make. So again, $40,000 or $73,000 for a bachelor's degree or nearly $107,000 on average for an advanced degree. And that's From a recent census on those areas. Now that's not to say that if you don't have a college degree that you can't have a good living. Absolutely you can. I would suggest, as I suggest to all the young people I talk to about this, that getting some kind of skill set is what you need to do. Whether that's in the trades or in college, you got to find your lane. Find what you like to do, what you're good at. But I wouldn't discount the value of a college education because based on these stats, clearly the averages are in the favor of getting something like that. I would caution against not getting any skill set again. Uh, unskilled labor does not pay very well. $15 an hour, if that's your minimum wage or whatever it is near that, isn't going to get it done for finding a place you know, and being able to raise your family and afford rent in these areas. So just some considerations, some statistics on getting a college degree.
1: Get your copy of Madrona's latest books, the Inside Retirement Investing Series. These books cover everything from the basics of retirement planning, investing, tax, isn't so much more arm yourself with information call madrona financial services today at 844 madrona for your free copy or visit Madronafinancial.com.
0: do you ever worry if your cpa and financial advisor are on the same page you won't have to if you call madrona financial services at 844 madrona or visit them at Madronafinancial.com. now back to growing your wealth with brian evans welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer
2: Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the value of a Roth conversion.
1: And Brian, you know, we were talking off the air about the fact that if you're 60 years old today, you're in reasonable health, there's a pretty good chance that you will see age 90. That is 30 years. So you could have a lot of time in retirement if you retire at the age of 60. So in general, let's talk a little bit about the time value of money and why it matters.
2: Yeah. So we've been talking about, okay, what was the components of the of the stock market, the top 10, back when I started public accounting, we'll call it 35 years ago, and what they are today. Now, I'm also meeting with people that are nearing retirement or at that. Let's say they're, I'll just pick a number, 60 years old. And we're talking about Roth conversions. So there's a couple things we talk about. The first thing doesn't have to do with time value. The first thing is just taking advantage of taxation. We think maybe tax rates are going to go up in the future. Maybe you've retired. You haven't started Social Security or annuities or your pension yet. You've got this this low taxable income period of time. What a great time to elect to pay some taxes on some of your IRA funds and that tax rate maybe pay in at 12%. Max out the 12% bracket. So instead of waiting in the future when required minimum distributions might pop you into whatever the bracket is then, it might be 24%, it might be 34, it might be 44, I don't know what it's going to be, but you can elect to pay at 12. Well, the other part of that equation. So we you know, we can run those computations, but the other part of that equation is You put some money in out of your IRA, paid 12%, and put it into a Roth. Now you think, well, okay, I guess uh, the earnings on that are tax-free. But like you said, Jeff, what if we're talking about 30 years? What if we're talking even 25 years? And then under the current tax laws, the people that maybe inherit your Roth have another 10 years to pull it out. So I'm going to call it 35 years. What did I just say about the last 35 years of the market, how much it changed from... It was in between 1 and 2000, 35 years ago the Dow was, and now it's in the mid-30s. So let's call that, just for argument's sake, 20x increase. What if you could pay tax at 12% today, never to pay any tax on it ever? You're 60, you live to be 90, someone inherited that account, waited 10 more years. They had... 30, let's say they had the 35 years and had a similar result, they could see that investment go up 20 fold, let's say in this example, it would all be income tax free. That is enormous. So not only did you save on the difference between the 12% tax rate in this example, and whatever your tax rate was gonna be in the future, but you also compounded returns for decade after decade after decade,
1: income tax free permanently for you and or your heirs. Brian, people who are not clients of this particular firm, they may have a financial planning firm that they're dealing with or they may be trying to do it themselves, but then totally separately, they have an accountant or a tax preparing firm. Why is that not a great idea?
2: Well, it can be a good idea if they work together. But here's the deal, Jeff. When I started Madrona Financial, I can recall I'd been a CPA for, uh, let's call it, close to 20 years. And uh, I was asked, my advisor, my uh, investment advisor, calls you, right? I'm like, well, no. Uh, and then I started thinking, how many times has an investment advisor called me as the owner of a CPA firm doing hundreds and hundreds of clients' tax returns? How many times have they consulted me on something? The answer was two. I'd had two phone calls in my entire career from advisors asking about the tax effect before they pulled the trigger on a trade. So in theory, it can work great. If you if you have an advisor that talks to your CPA, awesome, that's great. I'm just saying it doesn't happen in practice.
1: Yeah, and you have been practicing here for quite some time with Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And I would say that is one of the biggest benefits of this firm is the fact that you do have accountants on staff here who communicate with each other. That is not a very common thing, is it? No,
2: it's not common at all. And and the the calls I get from CPAs when as they're and now I've flipped sides, now I'm the financial advisor uh-huh. maybe talking to somebody's CPA because, you know, they poo pooed something I've said or but they don't even know what it is. You know, they say, oh, DST, I don't know what that is. That, that sounds, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, well, revenue really 2004-86 says you're wrong. You know, oh, oh, yeah, you know this stuff. I'm like, yes, I do. So, you know, we, we can have the conversation. I'm not rude about it, but you know, you know, we can have the conversation, speak the same language and, and get them on the same page. It's like, cause that's not what they deal with. So I, I like talking to my clients, CPAs and so forth. And, and because I am, you know, obviously we are CPAs and so we can come up with an understanding working together. But even without that, because of Bauer Evans here, uh, we're often the CPA for our investment clients, but not always. We don't require that at all. So if somebody's thinking, well, I really like what you have to say about investments, but I don't want to switch my CPA. Please don't. (laughs) Please keep your CPA. If you Mm -hmm. like your CPA, uh, that's gold. Keep your CPA. We can work with that CPA though, and make sure that the plan takes into account your tax situation.
1: Brian, when you're looking at investments for clients for the growth side of their portfolio, is that the first thing that you think about other than growth is taxation? Is that number one?
2: No, it's more about asset allocation, getting the best result, and then taxation follows that. So taxation follows the decisions. And and people that lead with tax often get things wrong because we call it letting the tax tail wag the dog. I'm going to save tax. I'm going to not make money. I'm going to squirrel it away so I don't have to have gains to pay tax on. I'm like, well, you don't want gains because you're worried about paying some of the gain in tax. That's not good advice. (laughs) No, make money. You know, people ask me all the time, what are you going to do when they raise the tax? Well, I'm going to work harder and make more money so that I net more. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Just keep making money. Let the taxes fall where they are. That's out of your control. That's right. But it is within our control to some degree. It's within our control when we sell, uh, investment real estate. We can do a 1031 exchange. We don't have to volunteer that tax. We can do a Roth conversion. That's in our control. We don't have to do that. Well, there's a lot of things we can do to reduce our taxes, especially, uh, estate taxes and, and, and different taxes or long-term care. You know, state of Washington's gonna nail you with a payroll tax. Go get a policy before they do that. And I have to pay that tax. There's a lot of ways to get out of uh, make, you know, good tax planning decisions.
1: Well, the current administration, Brian, has promised that they will raise taxes. Does that make tax planning all the more difficult? And does it make it uh, maybe uh, put tax planning at the top of the list?
2: Yeah. Think about this. If you're a field goal kicker in a football game and you got the goalposts you're looking at, but the goalposts are floating in some water and there's high winds and a sail on them. And you're you're like, oh, I'm not sure exactly where to kick this ball. I, I got the wind, the, the goalposts keep moving. I, uh, and, and they narrowed the goalposts to uh, four feet across. You got to kick the football through it. That's kind of what I feel like sometimes a poor kicker out there. With a high wind and a moving goalpost and a sail on that thing, because I don't know what the rules are going to be, you know, and and so that that is adding some complexity to to our tax planning.
1: Yeah, I don't think taxes are going to go down, do you? I think, uh, as you said, the current administration is bent on raising these taxes. They have their reasons for doing that. But I don't really see any tax decreases on the horizon, do you?
2: Well, what's interesting is what's happening recently. uh, Thank God for Joe Manchin and 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 people that are in the moderate category and don't want to just see one party, you know, ramrod something too because they have one vote uh extra and and change everything and basically decimate uh, our our system of government uh to where stronger heads prevail and we can have some compromise and that's where it needs to be uh and in my opinion so i have a suspect that a lot of this stuff that was talked about during the campaigns and so forth and and about just completely changing everything to a more socialist approach to government and taxation is not going to make it. Um, I'm already seeing some chinks in the armor. And that's that's my hope is that we can have generational transfer to our family as opposed to a generational transfer to government, which, you know, a step up in basis is uh, elimination of that is, is changing, leaving money to our kids, leaving half of it to the government each time someone passes away up to half. So that would decimate uh, generational transfer.
1: Well we're about six months into this new administration and I know in the beginning the uh, current president said that he was going to chop a few things off there but if I'm hearing you correctly that the longer that we go that these things are not chopped off uh, the better the chance that we'll be able to keep them
2: yeah absolutely I, I think uh, like I said there's some moderates uh, in in Senate in the Senate that uh, would keep some you know ending the filibuster ending any compromise uh, uh, that are that are out there that will keep requiring some compromise to happen that it's not just one party ramrodding through because if that were to happen as soon as it shifts back the other way boy there's going to be hell to pay in <laughs> in, uh, in congress in the senate in in retribution so I think that the moderates see that and understand that are using some common sense. And, and boy, wouldn't that be a breath of fresh air to have a whole bunch of common sense yeah. in, in Washington, D.C.?
1: Yeah, common sense is something that is definitely lacking in Washington, D.C. these days. That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and our Evans CPAs. If you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you've got at least $500,000 or more to invest and you're wanting to see what Madrona Financial Services might be able to do for you. Request your complimentary no-cost, no-obligation financial plan by calling 844 Madrona, 844 MADRONA. You can also request it online at MadronaFinancial.com. Out of time for this week, Brian. I want to thank everyone for listening to us. I particularly want to thank you for your time. Learned a lot this week. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out there. Have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth.
2: This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans, CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's MadronaFinancial.com.
1: If the fuel gauge in your car was broken, would you know how far you could drive before running out of gas? You know, not knowing how long your money will last in retirement is a lot like driving a car with a broken fuel gauge. You just don't know how far you can go. At Madrona Financial Services, we want you to know that there's no need to live with the stress of uncertainty. At Madrona Financial, we have insurance-based solutions that can guarantee lifetime income, protect you from market losses, and even provide for your loved ones. And as a CPA and personal financial specialist, we scrutinize every product we offer. If you want to learn how to create a secure lifetime income stream, protect your money from market losses, provide for your loved ones, and potentially reduce your tax burden, schedule your complimentary meeting today. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. We'll arrange a meeting at one of our three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us online at madronafinancial.com.